Hello and welcome to The Busyness, your regular decompression from your busy brain and insight into ways to deal with the strains of daily life. I'm Simon Akers and welcome. Okay, so today it gives me great pleasure to introduce Sarah Ayers all the way from Australia, uh, Victoria to be precise. Now, she's on a farm outside of Melbourne now, and obviously that was a far cry from when we first met her. At the time, we were both living in West London. We both worked for larger London businesses, you know, where, and we talk about this, where leaving at 5pm felt like it was some kind of blasphemy or insult to the businesses. But um, there were a couple of main reasons I wanted to have a conversation with her. Obviously, despite the fact that she's awesome. uh, Firstly, she left London last year like I did. So I had to catch up with her, see how she's got on the other side of the world. I've gone to the other side of the country and a bit nearer our provincial routes, respectively. So just wanted to unravel the ideas a little bit about location, how we're getting on, uh, you know, and where one lives. Does it really matter so much now in a post-COVID world? And secondly, she set up Base Body, okay, which is a wellness company with some really great content. You should check them out. And uh, they've created some products. And we explore the theme of adaptogens and we talk about one of their main elixirs called Super Zen. And it's all really, it's quite alien to me, but it's all really interesting stuff. And, you know, running a business to improve people's well-being whilst ensuring our own well-being is top form, is key here. And, you know, credit to her. And she is doing it really well. So, um, so yeah, it does give me really great pleasure to introduce Sarah here. And uh, as a footnote, it does get a little crackly at times on the sound. So... Apologies, but I think it's a pretty uh, strong conversation, so I hope you enjoy it regardless. So here we go. Hi, Sarah. Hi, how are you going? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. It's been so what was I? What, where are you? You're in, um, you're in Victoria in Australia, right? I'm at my family's farm in South Australia, just, just outside or... Out, out of Victoria. Um, I was in Melbourne before this quarantine COVID situation hit and then got out just just in time. Yeah, I heard that Melbourne have been quite, um, quite intense with the lockdown quarantining, right? They've been... Uh... Yeah, it's it's been really, really intense there. Um, thankfully, I didn't have to go through any of that. I came back to the farm um, before that, because I was meant to go meet one of our mutual friends in Dubai, um, just as this was all kicking off. But yeah, it's been it's been super intense there, and it's just it died off a bit, and then they were letting people back out, but I don't think they handled it very well, and now it's it's gone back into a really strict lockdown again. It's just it's so weird. I just um, uh, obviously recording here, which have a quick chat, weren't we? And I was just saying that. What a leveler it's been. It's been kind of weird how the whole world, you know, we're used to traveling and you might, you know, we live in very much a global community. We both live in London. And I think with that, you meet people from everywhere who are so used to sometimes traveling. And then, I don't know, it just comes to a standstill. And I think actually it kind of gives you pause, doesn't it? It makes you sort of maybe think about your mental and physical health a little bit. Think, oh, hang on a minute, I've just calmed the hell down a bit here, you know? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, no, I definitely do too. I mean, all of 2019, I think I, I travelled 
constantly. I, I, I remember saying to myself, like, I just 2020, I want to stand still. I just don't want to go anywhere. And that literally happened when they, when they closed the borders of Australia and you weren't allowed out. Like, you have to have an exemption to be able to fly now. So it has just been a huge awakening. And it took a little bit to, like, adjust to that, to have that taken away from from you when you do get to travel so much and have that freedom but yeah ultimately it has been a great a great time to like sit and really think about what it is that you you're doing with your life and doing you with your life you are you're doing it very well so um as i said at the beginning sarah is the founder of the base body company uh, brilliant initiative um, sort of well-being product and you know general commentary on the world of well-being and you know given the busyness the nature of this podcast is to talk about sort of mental health and to talk about you know businesses that are I guess coming up to help promote ideas of mental wellness to uh, you know help declutter the noise and you know, i got a friend of mine who I went to school with who did a blog about traveling and doing a career breakthrough travel um I'm talking to someone else uh, who'll be on next week's episode who is going to be talking about other things about you know abusive relationships there's all these different things going on so i, I think it's very interesting um, especially with you sarah because obviously we met uh three mutual friends in london and we both the thing we have in common more than anything right now is that we both left london didn't we so, like, do you want to? Do you just want to give me a couple of minutes, just telling me about your experience of sort of being in the big city and coming back and leaving London and sort of making that jump and why you did it and what it meant for you and I guess how you've adapted. I find this fascinating. How you know that getting off the treadmill, so to speak. Yeah, London's definitely a treadmill. It. I mean, I went there with the assumption that I was only going to be there for anywhere between like six months and a year just to like, it was on a whim that we we moved there. And when I got there, it's just so fast paced and there's so much going on and it's there's so much opportunity and it's so exciting that it's hard to leave. There is something about it that is like you, you're just constantly going and going and going, but you, you just can't go and well, you just can't leave. And the although I was working, I started working in wellness there, I still really struggled to find a balance. Like I would I would go to work and there was just so much pressure that I never had in Australia to, you know, work really late. That was like a thing that is it's just doesn't happen here. So you would be constantly working like 12-hour days. I remember I was pulled aside one day to say like, I know you finish at five, but you need to stay a bit later to be just seen there. And that kind of pressure, I was like trying, trying to find. It's crazy, isn't it? Honestly, we're so used to it. You, it becomes normal. Though. It's like Stockholm syndrome. You're so in it. You become the oh, as leaving yeah. at five seems criminal. You know the way like, you're meant to make you feel. Like you're meant to. It's like you're meant to burn out. Like if you're burning out, you're succeeding. <laughs> It's just crazy. So I was yeah. trying to find that whole time this this like balance of of what I would call well being, like wellness, well being, and still living the full London life. And I mean, just getting on the train in the morning was like 
a bit of a mission. You know, you, you're crammed in with all of these people and and then you finally get to your desk and it's been like a massive workout just to get there. So, um, so I did that for a long time. But, I mean, if I hadn't have done that stint, which was like six years, if I hadn't have done that, I definitely wouldn't have started a wellness company, I don't think, because that level of stress and and the lifestyle that I was living set me up for that. So, um, yeah, and I, I think when it came time to leave, I remember I came back to Australia and I was here for five weeks over Christmas and it just hit me. I was like, this is what I need. I need to come back. I need to be in a car to drive. I need to just like have some fresh Isn't it brilliant? Isn't it no traffic? And isn't it amazing? (laughs) It's the smallest things that made me want to come home and just like being able to be around my family and be at the beach and like have fresh food from the garden. And I know I could, I could probably get that in the country. Like, you know, I'd love to hear how you're dealing with things as well now you've moved. But um, yeah, that, they were just the things that I really craved. And it was like a, yeah. an instant pull. I had to get home. hundred percent. I mean, I think for me, I mean, I wasn't 24 hours away. I was, you know, an hour and a quarter on the train out of King's Cross away. So it's a little bit different for me. But the thing we have in common here is that, you know, I, I found the coming home to see my family in Lincolnshire and, sort of friends in Nottinghamshire, it was a kind of a, it was almost like a rural retreat, like <laughs> I can't describe it, but it was, it was kind of slowing down for the weekend and the, the, the calm and listening to the birds tweet and the wind blow through the trees was kind of meditative in, in comparison to hearing 747s fly over your head to Heathrow and, you know, the sound of the tube hurling down the Victoria line when you're in like a sardine at half at Vauxhall, you know, and, and that's kind of what I became used to. And and I think I don't know about you, but I mean, I was the same like you. I was in London for what seven years, nearly eight years, or whatever. And and I, at the beginning, the pros outweigh the cons. Like you put up with the the ridiculous prices and the silliness because it's exciting and and you know it, it's just a great place to be. However, over time. Maybe it's me becoming a grumpy old man, but I kind of um, the pro the cons outweighed the pros. And I remember I was queuing up to get on the tube at Vauxhall, and I got the train from Elsfield, and I was I was queuing up, and I just thought to myself, "What what is this life? I'm a rat in a in a tunnel here." Yeah. You know? Oh, there there were many times that I would walk up the stairs and I'd get a gush of wind with dirt in your face, and oh, it was like I can smell that air. What, what am I doing? <laughs> And then you go outside and it's freezing cold and snowing and you're like, oh, the wind's hurting my face. What am I doing? It's all of these people. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I love London. I do. I've still got a lot of love for it. And when I go back, it's nice. It's nice to visit. I've still got a lot of really great friends there and some incredible memories. And, you know, I've got clients there in my business. I've got a lot of connection to the place. But I... I'm becoming my dad in respect. I get to the station half night. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to get home to be yeah. in bed. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm the same. I mean, London is amazing. There is just so much history there and it is an incredible place. But, yeah, I got to the point too where I was like, I can't live like this. This isn't 
the type of life that I personally wanted to live anyway. I needed more. Um, I needed more balance for my well-being. I needed like space and the beach. And it's just really important for me. Oh yeah, which what was the nearest beach? What's it called? What in London or here? Yeah, in, in, in Australia, what's your beach? Oh, oh my god, there's like so where I am near the on the farm. I call it a farm, but it's like a coastal farm. It's like I'm surrounded by beaches. It's it's about five minutes to any beach, but oh, ridiculous! Um, yeah, it it's it's like you take it for granted when I. I wanted to leave and then and then I had that beautiful time in in London but when you come back I'm like wow we're like really lucky it's a, it's interesting as well because I think to myself because I was sort of debating leaving and I left in October and obviously Covid has kind of put a different spin on it. I think from my point of view I'm glad I left London I was, I was on the Nari and I was thinking in the next year or so I'm gonna go and I made the leave in October last year but actually, in hindsight, I'm really glad I did pre-COVID. But I think what COVID's made me realise, maybe yourself, I don't know what, what your thoughts are, is that the world just feels a little bit smaller and it feels like, you know, everyone's so used to doing things online now or on virtual conferences and talks. It's become the norm to be anywhere. And maybe there's, a, there's less pressure on the geography. Maybe there's less need to be in zone three anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I would be really fascinated to to see how COVID changes work for people because I think 100%. they might realise that everything can kind of be done at home and there used to be that pressure of if you're working from home, your boss would want to know constantly what you're doing and, you know, you, it just felt like a pressure to be working from home. That's my experience anyway. And I think, I think people, now, yeah. I was just, I just think now that they might reevaluate that. I do, I do, because I think a lot of the old school sort of work mentality is, you know, the bosses are on people in the office and stuff, and they ask, and there's this almost like this semblance of mistrust if someone works, I mean, I work slacking off. I get quite a lot of them. And, and I think now a lot of those bosses who are now got the tail between the legs because they're, you know, they're trying to juggle their families and their kids and their work, home working situation, and they're actually probably more empathy because i genuinely think this has been a level and i think it doesn't matter who you are how successful you are what your seniority of job is work from home is a is a mixed bag and i think everyone is experiencing so and that feels that feels quite relevant right now and i think like you said i'm actually writing for a um i work for a write for a digital uh, online magazine and one of the things i'm going to talk about is leaving london because i did have a little bit of fomo at first because i thought because in my industry, the market and advertising, London is the centre of the earth, right? In terms of UK and Europe, at least New York. But actually, leaving London, I thought it was just going to be some sort of you know commercial suicide. But it, it anymore. I really don't think it matters. I've got friends who've moved to Devon. I've got friends who've moved out to Sussex in the last six months, and they're happy. You know? Yeah, yeah. I felt that coming. To, to stay with my family I was like no I have to be in a big city and I have to be in a, in a big city to like get work done and go to meetings and and this has actually really really helped because all the meetings I have I've said to people where I am and they haven't had a problem with it and yeah I found it like really therapeutic and like 
it's given me a chance to think like, oh, actually, maybe I don't need to live right in the heart of everything. So that brings me to a question I've got. How does your well-being now being home compared to what it was, say, a year ago? Like, tell me about that. It is so different. It is It is honestly so different. But I think I spent coming out of London was like a big, if I said it was like a big rock bottom, it was like I needed to fully change my life up anyway. And I wanted to, I was working in marketing and I wanted to start this company. So I had truly just spent the whole year in a bit of a, a bit of an isolation anyway, trying to just find a way to follow my dreams and start the company. And I mean, you might, be able to relate to this when you start a company I personally was attached to it so I felt very affected if people didn't like it it was like a representation of myself yeah so I had to go through quite a transformation mentally there was a lot of mindset in the last year um, to get to a place where I was like really confident to put this out there and and not care what people thought because I wanted to do this. I just felt it inside of me. That this is what I was meant to be doing. So, um, so yeah, going like a little, like isolating myself a little bit anyway, when COVID hit, it wasn't too dissimilar to starting the company because I was working from home, like saying no to going out. The only honestly, I totally agree. I couldn't agree yeah. more, but you and other self-employed people I've spoken to have done exactly the same thing. When you took, because I set up my business on May, I think it was May 2019, maybe, um, similar sort of time when you moved back. And yeah. actually, since then, it wasn't my first business, but it was kind of me, me going back into it. I was going through some stuff and I just wanted to go back to consulting. I didn't really have a real business plan. But what happened was I went sort of freelancing and doing some consulting and contracting. And actually, in the process of doing that, it made me realise that, you know, less less matters in terms of being present all the time or being physically somewhere and getting more used to being comfortable with my own company and my own. I had plenty to keep my brain occupied. I didn't have to worry about other things, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I was so busy, like, building my brand and whatever it was. Yeah. I didn't really give a toss about those things so much. It's just growth sometimes, you know? Yeah. I, I had to wrap my head around not working nine to five. That was that was actually really difficult for me. I was I, I was like, I have all of this freedom, which was very strange because it's like, well, how do I spend my time? Do I constantly work? Because, you know, society tells you when you start a company that you need to be working long hours constantly. You need to be giving up something, basically. You need to sacrifice. And I just couldn't. I just couldn't figure it out and I was like taking you know a a Monday off say but feeling so guilty for that so that took me a couple of months to to wrap my head around that I actually have all this time and I can work my own hours yeah I I think there's this kind of there's become this kind of Gary V driven hustle porn absolutely it's almost like it's a badge of honour to do 80-hour weeks. But I'm thinking to myself, the reason I set up, I don't know about you, but my reason for setting up is that I wanted to do things on my terms and my pace. Right? Yeah. And success can be whatever you want it to be. 
And actually, the idea of working, you know, I do my time sheets. I probably do like 30 hours a week, which actually is quite a lot of intense. You know, this excludes breaks and stuff. I do my time sheets just for my own sort of therapy, really. But I look at it, and actually, I did quite a lot done in those times. So I like to try and work smart, like four or five hours a day, deep work, as they call it. There's a great book by Cal Newport called Deep Work, and it's all about like having an hour and a half slots where you just be almost like in the sort of to transcendence piece of work and you just do such deep work and then you just kind of remove yourself again and actually i think there's more prominence in actually just working smart and deeply for a bit without these distractions of you know bullshit catch-ups in the kitchen at work you know and and what i find is i get more done in less time so i don't need to do like this 80 hour a week whatever they're doing i just do Monday, Friday, I do Saturday morning sometimes to catch up on happening because I feel good because no one's bothering me. But generally, I think I'm more balanced than I thought I'd be. Do you agree with that? Is that what you're thinking as well? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it's that like always on culture, the, the definitely the Gary V where it's like you need to be putting so much content out. You need to be on every social channel. You need to be like work, 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 long hours. And I, it just did not agree with me. I was like, I don't believe in that. I don't, I don't really care what they say. That's not how I'm going to run my business, but I still know it's going to be successful because like you just said, I'm going to work however many hours I want to, four to five, whatever it might be. And then I'll work hard and smart during those, those slots. So I tend to set out my day with, um, so I have like a bit of a morning ritual and a nightly ritual, but through the day. What is it? <laughs> so in the no, morning, no, I'm not a rich. I'm obsessed with this at the moment. I'm trying to craft my own. So yeah, go, go, go on. So in the morning, it's like a non-negotiable. I have to have my coffee. I put yeah. my my super zen in the morning, so I have super zen with my coffee, and then I meditate. And I'll just like I like to do a grounding meditation because I tend to get really heady. So if I'm grounded, I can just like get get stuck into my to do list, and and then through the day, I'll do slots and I have like a timer. So it might be for like an hour where I'm working on one project and I'll put my phone on airplane mode so there's no notifications coming in and I'll just like get that project done. Otherwise, oh, I, I, love it. I can get really distracted. I'll like all of a sudden be scrolling on Instagram for an hour and then I'm like, what was I doing? So <laughs> we've all like, been there. The quick yeah. procrastination. Let me just do nothing for an hour before I do something meaningful. Absolutely. Exactly. We're all or guilty like, of it. Or like dash into the kitchen for a drink and all of a sudden I'm like making food that I don't really need to. So if I'm if I'm focused and I've got the timer going. <laughs> the okay. fridge becomes the incentive. Oh, I worked hard sending those emails. I'll treat myself to a Jaffa cake. I mean, that's my latest thing. Like, I can't stop buying them. The thing, the thing is, it always end the diet starts at the supermarket. I don't. <laughs> the trouble is that you end up buying things and you eat them. That's what I find. Yeah, um, it's terrible. <laughs> so yeah, so that's that's what I've been doing, and I've like spent a few months getting into that routine, and like COVID definitely because I've had to be in the house. I haven't been able to leave. I'm like, well, I need to get into like a really good routine, and and then I'll break it up with a walk, um, awesome exercise which I find um, really gets me like it breaks it up and then I come back refreshed. And then, yeah, my nightly ritual, I mean, that's a whole thing too. 
amazing. Yeah, because it's all about damn relaxing. I mean, with me, I have trouble relaxing sometimes in the evening. So my big thing is that after 7 p.m., that's like the absolute cutoff for me. I do not look at my laptop after 7 p.m. I have to take time to... I like to read, not look at screens so much. I might, you know, do the whole mindless Insta scrolls and emails and LinkedIn and Twitters and all that nonsense. It's got to be part of our sedentary brain. We have to achieve, we have to, you know, press the buttons, you know. Uh, but uh, actually, it's tempering that. And so I like to read. I've done a lot more reading this year. I like to read, like, proper. I can't even read a Kindle. I have to have a proper Oh, about book. I like the smell, the feel of a book. I like looking at the spine and like high fiving myself of how much progress I've made when I've read more than a chapter. You know that sort of thing. And I I find that really therapeutic. So actually, there's some evidence I think that shows that if you read, it slows the brain down a bit. And actually, me that's been a real because I think I think relaxing and down getting into a good relaxed state is just as important for for your productivity as as getting fired up. Absolutely. I think it's, I find it really beneficial. I like, I meditate morning and night and I notice the difference when I don't do it. If I, if I don't do it, I tend to get really lost in my, my own thoughts and like, it just, yeah, meditation just. You talk me through a grounding meditation. What does it entail? Because I'm crap at meditation. I'm terrible. I, I always start it and I never quite get into it and I need to get better at it. So please tell me, Lion. Love a meditation. So a grounding meditation um, would be visualizing energy flowing, usually golden, flowing from your head through your body, out through your feet. So it's in order to ground you as you know, as it means, into the earth. So the energy is flowing through your body and it's not stuck. Um Whereas you can do a visual meditation, which is more about, it depends what they're talking about, but you can just kind of like daydream in a way, like you're visualizing walking through a garden and then all of a sudden you're on like a footpath and you're at the beach and whatever else it might be. But the grounding ones for me, I find because they walk you through the energy flowing through your body, I find them really helpful. Um, and at night time, a visualization is good to help you fall asleep. That's interesting. You know, what? Uh, that's I, I don't know if it's the same thing, but I, I've really got into there's these, there's these woods near my house. And someone told me about microbiomes uh, a few months. I've become obsessed with like, the idea that, you know, the feet is, is kind of a counterpoint with the earth, you know, for like mm-hmm. your energy. So yeah. I, I've, I've done stuff like on a hot day, I took my shoes off and I was walking barefooted on the twigging floor in a forest and I loved it. I felt weird. I don't know if it was placebo, but it just felt like I was getting grounded again after a day of hyperthinking, a day yeah, of real, does. a lot going on and emails and proposals and stress and project management and trying to ensure that different media partners do one thing. I'm like, you know what? I need the smell of pine needles. Drove out there, <laughs> I walked around barefoot, and it was great. You know? yeah. and, and I think there's really something in that, isn't there, about the earth and you? And, yeah, uh, there is. Magic. Yeah, so if you want to go ground yourself that way, you can do that. Just like barefoot on grass, on the earth, that works too. You don't necessarily have to meditate to like go ground yourself, just being in nature barefoot. Perfect. So let's talk about a um, base body, right? So tell me about it. What I find fascinating you Sarah and what this is that you have set up a business which addresses well-being 
right? And it's a solution to people that are elixirs and daughters and whatever. Yeah. Help people on their journey through life. And I want to know because what power, what, what it was born from and how it came about. Like, just tell me what, what inspired you to sort of go, right, that's the business product service solution I want to offer. That's a thing for me. Well, I think the brand came before the product came. So I had the idea of the brand for about four years and I would every year go back to my, I'd call it a business plan, but really it was just like a bit of a brain dump on paper. And I would go through and like write out this idea of a brand that I had. And then it started to evolve and I would meet people and I would add to it. And it was all very synchronistic and just like kind of magical in a way. And then when I came back to Australia, I had the idea that I really wanted to make a stress bar out of adaptogens. So adaptogens are plants that work like a thermostat for your body. And when you're getting stressed and your cortisol rises, it manages to bring it down. Like they're really, really powerful. And I wanted to make this bar and I just kept saying to myself, like, how am I going to make a mushrooms adaptogens? Yes. Hello? Yes. Yeah. So there is several different types. The ones that I have in my product are specifically for stress, but you can get them for immunity. So the mushroom ones tend to be for immunity or um, focus. They can can do a lot of different things. Um, But yeah, the ones that I have are specifically for stress. And I think because I struggled with stress so much in London, especially emotional stress. I was like, I need to find a way. And these helped me so much. I need to find a way to, to share them with people. Um, so yeah, so I wanted to create a bar and I like a protein bar and I had no idea how I was going to do this. And then I met, um, a friend introduced me to another, one of her friends. And then she introduced me to her stepfather who owned a company that could create a powder version and I just kind of jumped into it I was like I'm just going to do this and then three months later (laughs) I had launched a company but um yeah quit my job and launched the company so did it start as a side thing that became a full-time thing or what was it it did yeah so I had the idea back in London um the company was formed and running with um, a friend of mine. I brought her in and we were going to go skincare and it just didn't feel right. I was like, it's just skincare doesn't, it just feels oversaturated. I can't relate to it. I can't connect oh to it. Oh my God, it is one competitive market that is. I mean, that is. Yeah. I mean, you're you really entering the wolves den there. <laughs> yeah. I think you could say that about wellness too, but. I just had such a connection to this and I felt like I could really guide people and help people in this area um, because I think self-care, it, you know, it's labelled like bubble baths and chocolate, but it's so much deeper than that. It's like self-discovery and I wanted to find a way that I could create a brand around well-being and self-care and help people get back to balance and then this product came through and. I think it's the fourth version. And I was like, this is it. It like it works within, you know, half an hour. So I was like, I have to share this with people. And then it became more more than a product. The the brand. Amazing. Yeah. 
So, like, what? I mean, obviously, I'm not, you know, the idea of business to talk about things. There's not necessarily the promotion, but you know, if I have to say, look, in 30 seconds or quick one-liner, what would you describe the base body as? What is it? What's the it's it is to elevate your well-being it is to help you find balance in your life so it's not about the extreme of you know meditation you can't have a glass of wine it's like it's a balance of the two like you can live the london hustle life if you want if that's your thing but there's also an option and resources to help you find balance which was something that I was like really craving when I was there. Yeah, the, the, and also I think what I really like is the journal on that. I, I really like the, the journal part of the base body. So if you're listening, it's the basebodyco.com or the basebody.co. And the journal area is really good. And actually, I found an article with you being interviewed actually. So in rituals with the base body co. Talked yeah. about your your routines and you talk about your meditation and how do you de stress and super zen and and super zen is this one of your products then super zen? yep yep so that's okay, what's the, that then? that's the adaptogen so that was our what's well, our only product at the moment we have another one coming out in a couple of weeks but that is the adaptogen um, cacao powder so you can have it a bit like a latte and when we created it I wanted it to be a nightly ritual or I wanted it to be a ritual throughout your day that you can just like enjoy do you know when you get like a supplement or a like yeah and you you put it in your drink and it tastes like terrible terrible yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you don't want that you wanted people to enjoy it like they would enjoy having a hot chocolate or enjoy having a coffee you want it to be yeah. part of their routine yes that's exactly what I think that's doing. important I think you know working in marketing myself I've always been sort of fascinated with how these sort of products are positioned because actually sometimes hard to bridge a new addition to someone's routine bring it in make it part of the norm so the challenge is to make the new addition the regular almost do you see what I mean and I think and I'm guessing you've done that what via like content and sort of bringing in that story about overall well-being yeah really interesting how you've done it I think thank you I yeah I think we I I set out to for people to be able to put it in their coffee if they don't want to give up their coffee like I I definitely don't like to do that but it's so good on its own that once you tried it you really would just you'd fall in love with it because it's like a hot chocolate and it's like a warm hug and, you know, when you're having a really stressful day, nothing is better than a nice warm hug. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, um, so if you did say as well that, you know, you can still live the life you want to live, like clearly in London, whatever. Like I love my red wine, for example. I, I, I probably do a couple of bottles a week. It's pretty arguably questionable that I do that. I do like a red wine, but it's everything's balanced, right? It's all about moderation. If you're not saying do nothing that could be. Oh, don't eat any unhealthy food or have any alcohol or go to a party. You're saying everything's tempered, everything's in moderation. Yeah, I've I've never been that person that could do the extreme. Like <laughs> me too. I, I don't know. I wouldn't know where to start. <laughs> yeah, I can never go really, really clean and healthy. Like I always want something sweet, or I want like the pizza or the burger or whatever it is. And same with the red wine. I didn't want to give up my glass of 
red wine whenever I felt like it. And I didn't think you needed to. So I was really struggling to find people that represented that story of you're allowed both. It's all about the balance because it was always extremes. It was always like really holistic or the opposite. So yeah, that's what I yeah. said. No, no, it's just, it's just perfect. And uh, I, th- I think it's good for anyone listening that, you know, well-being products and healthcare products, this isn't some part of, or even meditation. These aren't practices or products for people who just want to go absolutely cold turkey and everything they like. I still think people want their indulgence and their hedonism. And I just think it's a case of, you know your body. And as I get older, I'm 37 next month, right? where I start to know when things like when I was 31 32 in London I was different as I am now five years later you know I know what my limits are you know I look forward to getting to bed before midnight you know and there's a little bit <laughs> there's a few differences here but I think but the, the main thing about this is you can do your thing and have your fun and do your partying whatever it is you want to do but actually don't be hard on yourself if you do that you know I think do the things that you want to do but just balance it and just, yeah. you know, be sensible. I think that's the story here, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I and I think the practices and the tools and the meditation and all of that is, again, just to add to your life, like add that to your routine because it doesn't mean you have to stop doing the late nights with your friends having wine and dinners. But if you're really, really stressed out, these are just there to help you in those times of stress. I've got a theory about a mental health bell curve, right? What I mean by that is if you do too little, um, you're, imagine you you go along and the um, y-axis is your health mm-hmm. and the bell is at its highest when you're doing everything in balance and then either, either end or lower. So what I mean by that is say you just do healthy things and detox and you don't relax at all or you just so, you know, it can become a mental health burden in itself because you become almost obsessional about things. Like I know people who have I've got, you know, full respect to people who have full vegan diets, but I know people who have to give up on the vegan life because they found it difficult. Now, you know, I'm not going to judge or comment on that. I'm just saying that it can be really hard to keep up certain ways of living, right? Which can give you stress. The yeah. other end of the scale, if you literally blow your brains out with alcohol every weekend or, and eat all the all the foods and the deliveries and the burgers and the steaks. You're gonna just be feeling like shit. So I, I like to think of this kind of bell curve. You where you know, right? I've gone a little bit too far to the right. I need to come back up to the top with a little bit of you know um, super zen. Or it might be a case of right. I've been doing a lot of this stuff. I've been doing a lot of grounding meditation. I've been using a lot of products, but at the same time, you know, I've got to live a little as well. So um, yeah, I, th- I think that I like what you're saying there, and I think that's. I think it's important to have that balance. So uh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think that sums me up. Sometimes I, even even if, as an owner of a wellness company, I still like to let loose and have a good fun night. And you know, sometimes when I am too extreme and too, I've meditated, you know, and journaled and been isolated. It's like I just need to have some fun as well. So yeah, yeah. I think that's my next question actually to you. Um, I was going to say, well, one of the big things that I find fascinating, and it's very much, you set up your business because you want to sort of promote balance, and it was very much from personal experience, and likewise, I set up this podcast, and I've written for 
different mental health magazines just because of my own personal mental health experiences I had a couple of years ago. And actually, what I think you find is that you can sort of be the first, you're the first line of defense against yourself, basically. So I suppose my question is, how do you sort of temper and juggle your own mental well-being whilst you're running the base body? Because ultimately you are you are the poster child, for a better phrase, of this brilliant uh, way of life and this wonderful product. But how do you, I guess, ensure that you yourself are, you know, you go through mental, because, you, you know, it's not always a good day, is it, when you run a business? You can have bad times, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'm human. I, I, I might have all of these tips and tricks and products, but yeah, definitely I have days where I'm, I wouldn't say stressed out anymore. I think um, if I start to feel like a little, like something stress is coming on, I do take my product because I, I swear by it, which really helps. But I also know that it is, it's a fix. It's not something, if there is an underlying problem, I know that I need to get to it. And I think over the past year, I've developed almost like a an emergency kit to go to that if I know I'm having an extra stressful day or there's something happening in my life that is making it difficult to be productive I like tap into my little toolkit which usually I know that being in nature really helps and also if it's something to do with work like if work's overwhelming me and and I can't do that for the day, I get what I have to get done. And then I don't feel guilty for writing the rest of the day off. And if that means like sitting in front of the TV and watching Netflix, I don't feel bad about that. We, we are, we're humans, right? We're not spreadsheets. We're not an e-commerce platform. We're not a website. We are human beings, not human doings, right? And I think that's important. I like the idea that there's so much of us to go around. Like, like I talk about deep work, say I had a really strong morning. Some afternoons, I'm a, I'm mentally jaded, so yeah, I slack off. But it's fine. Why does it have to be a problem? I'm not at work. Um, I think people are hard on themselves who start businesses. Uh, I mean, so just sort of a sort of round up here as a conscious of time. What would you say to people who are, you know, thinking of starting their own business or want to sort of improve their well-being through doing their own project? What would you have you got any advice for anyone like that? Or, yeah. I think I think if you want to start your own business and you just want to dip your toe in, absolutely do it. Don't be scared. And I think a lot of people think, "Oh, I'm I've got this full-time job. I can't just go from that into this maybe creative project that they want to start." But I think you can dip your toe in, you can play around on the side and eventually it, it might form into something you might get the courage and think I need to do this full-time like I did um but also you wouldn't know it but I mindset has been a huge game changer when it comes to starting the business you think oh I'll just like set up a website and 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 pay people to do things and it'll run but if your mindset isn't where it needs to be it's really hard to press the launch button is that yeah it's that kind of self it's that ownership I think it's like this new 
semblance of accountability. It's um, why I always say is you're, you, you are your own boss. Uh, you, there's no one to sort of pull you up on poor performance, say. If you having a bad day, have a word with yourself, take the afternoon off and start again tomorrow. You know, know when you're burning out. So I think there's a number of things at play. You've got your own mental health to contend with, running your own business to contend with. Also, I think it's remembering things like um, someone said to me a few months ago, which I've really stuck with me, just trust the process. Because when you're overwhelmed, it's easy to think, oh, shit, the buck stops with me. And if I make failure of this, I'm failing and there won't be any money, blah, blah, blah. But actually, sometimes you've just got to go back to when you're an confident employee and a good job and think to yourself, trust this process. Yeah. I know from experience, if I do this, follow this and do that, I'll get this result. And sometimes you've just got to trust that, haven't you? Yes, absolutely. And I think delegate as well. If you feel overwhelmed, like, I can't do all of this, don't be afraid to delegate it out to people. Like, you don't you don't need to hire an employee. You can, there's platforms now, freelancers. Outsource. Yeah. I, that, has, that has been really pivotal for me as well. I'm with you on that. I've got a virtual assistant. I outsource all sorts of stuff. I just, I think it's important. I mean, my, my business model is do what you're good at. I, I always say I'd rather be one sharp knife than a drawer of blunt cutlery. I'd rather be really good at one or two things. And if I'm a little bit average or crap at it, get someone who's far superior to me to do it. And they'll do a better job. Yeah. and They'll be more yeah. focused. This what they need. So, you know, utilize other people. And also, I think it's a time of collaboration. I think we're in a time now where, the power is with people who embrace other people's strength and work to your own. Yeah. I'm really big uh, on that. I agree. And I've had loads of collaborations um, with people where at first I've thought I would have to employ them, but they have wanted to collaborate. So it's worked in both of our favours. They've, they've loved the brand. I've loved their brand. Um, and it's really nice to be able to put their support them and put their work out there as well. Yeah. Uh, Sarah, it's been it's so good catching up with you. Um, yeah, you too. What? Um, how can people follow you and check out your products and your services? Just tell us where we can sort of find them. Yeah, so I'm on Instagram and Facebook as the Base Body Co, and our website is thebasebodyco.com. Exciting, brilliant, um, Sarah. It's been a pleasure to speak to you. Uh, thank you so much for your time, and uh, yeah, enjoy the. Uh, well, I'll say the rest of your day. There's not much of it left, but uh, yeah, have a good one. Thank you, you too. Thanks so much for listening. Please check out more details about the episode and any relevant links at the Busyness website, which is anchor.fm slash busyness. For any content ideas or features, please do feel free to email me on thebusinesspod at gmail.com. And you can follow us on Instagram or Twitter at at busynesspod. Thank you.